Okay, let's begin. Uh, the Gemara, we'll, we'll pick up on this is Yodalaf Amudalaf from a few lines down. This is referring to Tumat Chutzlarts, who's another one of the Takanot that they were, what they were, Mataka. The law can, the Gemara asks, the law can. Amar Rebbe Zira. Didn't Rebbe Zira ben Avina say in the name B'Shem Rebbe Yirmiya? The Yosef ben Yoezer ish Tzreda. The Yosef Yosef ben Yochanan ish Yerushalayim. These are two Tanaim that preceded. These are Pavazugot. If you like, the preceded Beit Shammai Beit Hillel. Oh, such say Hillel and Shammai. That what? That they were Gazral Tumat al Tumat al Eretz Amim. That the Gzera of Tumat Chutzla Eretz was already instituted in a time that was much earlier than these Yudchet Gzerot. And since we've mentioned this topic, we're going to flesh out the rest of what he said. That all, not only was the metaken, that also metaken al kleis chuchit. Now, what's the meaning of kleis chuchit? Torah, the kleis chuchit glassware is actually not susceptible to tumah. However, since in its construction, it's much like earthenware, that it, its genesis is from, the way you make it is from sand and chol. Therefore, they say they treated it, they gave it exera much like, not exactly like, but a lot like, I should say, kleicheres. Again, it's since Tumad Rabbanan, there are going to be differences as well. Okay, <clears throat> next. And, and then it says, Rav Amar, that what Rav Yehuda ben Tabai and Rav Yossi, Rav Yehuda, Rav Yehuda, Rav Yossi Amar, Rav Yehuda, sorry, Rav Yossi says, Amar Rav Yehuda ben Tabai, Bishimon ben Shetach, Gazru al, what al, al, al clay schuchit. So clay matchot. Now what's that? In other words, there's a regarding metalware regarding Tumantara. And normally if you have a metal clay, that's Tameh, the two ways to make a tower, either go through the whole Tum and Tara process, or alternatively, you just break it. When you break it by putting a hole in it or something like that that's sufficient enough, it becomes tahor. However, the concern was, is the way Rav Chaim explains it here, is that if someone would, you can easily get a metal cleat that you put a hole in it and beat it back in place because the metal's malleable, and then in, in, in the and clean fix it again. So Minatora, what would it be? I have a time of clay, I punch a hole in it, beat it about a bit, and suddenly it's back to, back to square one and it's tahor. However, the concern is people will see the person had a time of clay and see them using it within the same day. What's the concern with that? They will forget that what? That if you have a time of clay and immerse it in a mikvah, it's actually a tavul yom. Okay, meaning it's still a shen l'tum. You can't use it for trum immediately. You've got to wait till nighttime. So therefore they made a gzera. This is where Chaim explains it here. They, they, they made a gzera to say, no, if you repair a clay that was tamer, then the tumor comes back, okay? Meaning it's, it becomes tamer again, added so that people wouldn't use this shortcut of making kalim tam tahor. I think I saw it elsewhere one time that actually the concern was uh, that people would forget the like the concept of, um, let's say, become tamer met. Normally what happens is you need the mechata to make a kli tamer. And everyone will just shortcut this whole process and say, I'll just punch a hole and I don't have to wait a week and put it together again. And they'll forget the whole dinner of mechata. Anyway, if Chaim says it's related to the dinner of Fuyom. Part of this as well as what? That Hillel Bishar. So that was the Zuga of Rabbi Huda ben Tabai and Rabbi, uh, sorry, Rabbi Huda ben Tabai and Vishima Mechetach. Now, we have Hillel Vishamai, that were Gazra al Taharat Yadaim. Taharat Yadaim means the hands of Shemi Latuma. But this is interesting because we know Nitel Yadaim was, went all the way back to Shlomo Melech, and there's a discussion exactly what the innovation was by, by Hillel compared to that, compared to Beit, um, but it's, in terms of what, what was it within um, the, the stam, I think it's the stam yadayim moshein latuma versus hands that touch something. I think I was a tincture. I can't remember offhand. Okay, let's continue. Rabbi Yossi Barabun, the Shem Reb Levi says, So again, back to original question. What do you mean that Tumat Eretz Ama Amim was part of the Yud Chet Varim Shegazru? Uh, when you see here, it predated them uh, from, 
by way of uh, it was Yosef Ben Yosef and, and Yosef and, and sorry Yosef Ben Yisrael of Yosef uh, Yosef Ben Yochanan. They were Gazra al Tumadaretz Amamim. So Reb Yosi Barbun said, Reb Yibun says, B'shem Reb Levi, Kachay Tahalacha Biyadam B'shachua. Yes, indeed, it was the, the Tumat Gzeret Amim was a Gzeret that predated Beit Shemem Tello. However, V'shachachua, and it was forgotten. V'amdu Hashniim and the second group, meaning the time later when they were attacking these Yudchet Varim, V'eskima al Dat Rishonim, and they ended up attacking something that was already instituted. Okay, they're agreeing to the original Takana. Lelametra to teach you what? Any Takana the Beitin put their life on, right? They really tried to understand, right? Sofodikayim. That it's going to, it's going to persist. It's going to endure. So even if it's going to be, you know, the just like if it came from Moshe Messinai. In other words, despite the fact that you might think people might forget it, it will be, it will come about because there were Masra Nafshamal there to make this Takana. Therefore, you know, despite the fact you may have been forgotten, it again was, if you like, resurrected, such as the Takana was going to Mitkayim, like, like Halacha Lamoshim Sinai. Okay. And it says as well, mm-hmm. when it comes to Torah, it says it's not something empty, but interesting that we've seen this uh, drush before. It says, mm-hmm. what does it mean from you? If you see something in the Torah that appears to you to be somewhat empty, Lama, uh, Lama, because you have not put enough exertion effort into it. Meaning, anything you find empty in the Torah, mean Lord of Arek, it would be be can because you haven't put enough energy into it because there's nothing empty and and, and um within the Torah itself. Why? Because it is your life. What does it mean? He, he, it's your life. When is um when is it uh when so when is it defined as your life? Meaning Lama I think uh, this is Reb said, if I'm not mistaken, he says that is when when you're making in them. And that's such interesting here is um, the culminate on the previous point. It says when you find something empty, when you're putting exertion into it. That, that, that's what we say, which seems to suggest that if you if you happen to find something empty, then it's an indication you haven't put enough effort into it. But I think the culminate says slightly differently. I'll read it to you. It says. The Torah is only sustaining an individual who really is, puts his heart and soul into it. And if you don't, then you will find it to be a Devarek. Not you might happen to. It sounds like that your your relationship to the Torah, if you don't put your heart and soul into it, it'll seem like a Narishkad or whatever it is, right? That's why that's why you have to say, if it's Devarek, it's Mikhen. Okay, let's continue. And so therefore we see the, the takanot that were Megia, but they put the effort into it and it's sustained. Fine. Shmuel Amar Loshano Elobotoch Shmona Asar. Ha Chutzu Shmona Asar Afilo Katan Mivatel. Now we said that a bait in Kamevatel, a takanav beitel, a bait in the preceded, unless it's a Gadol Mechokhomovinya. Okay? So what the Shmuel seems to suggest is that restriction is only for these Yudchet Davar. We'll see why it might be in a, sec- in a second. However, the things that aren't from Yudchet Davar, then even a beitin that's katan katan can um, can can override it. So heiti won harei shvit harei chutz lishmona asa davar and Rabbi Yochanan makshili. Now, if you remember, uh, we're going to see in the Gemara at the moment. This goes back to the Sefer Shvit that we have a problem. It says Rabbi Krispada b'shem Rabbi Yochanan says Rabbi Gamliel beitin no hitiru beisur shnei prakim mershina. What are these issues shnei prakim? And this takes us back to the very beginning of Sefer Shvit. If you recall, there was uh, not only we have the concept of Sefer Shvit, but there were also Harisha Ereshvit, 
For Ilan, I think it was, uh, it, let me get it right. For Ilan, it was Yadat Seret. And for Pesach, for, for, for Stelavan, for um, grain and the like, it was all the way back to Pesach. You wouldn't, uh, you want to, you're not allowed to plow the field. And what happened is, Rabban Gamliel in the end was Matirat all the way up to Rosh Hashanah. Okay. And the question there was, how is it possible? And it brought a Kashin Natsuga, how is it possible that he could Mavatel a, a Xera from the Chachim preceded it? If you recall, there's also in Yenok Tosevich, there's also Halakha Lomashesina, which is a month before. And, we, and when we learned that Gemara, or oh, there's opinion it was, we tried to and to juggle all these three things. You know, the Halakha Lomashesina, the Takana, and that was, a, that was a, we spent quite a bit of time in the beginning of the on that. But in any event, you see from that Tsugya, the Kashu was, is how did Rabban Gamliel um, suddenly mevatel this uh, Tosevich and allow plowing all the way up to Shvit? And that's not one of the Yud Chet Devarim that were metaken on that day. Now, let's go back again. Shmuel said, the only thing you need to bait in Gadol the Minyam Chochma is those, you, the, those 18 Takanot. And here, this is not one of the Takanot, and we still say the question was, well, one second, you're not Gadol the Chochma Min, how could he do this? So you see that the, you, there's a requirement for a Gadol the Minyam Chochma for all Takanot, not just these 18. So Rabbi Yonatan Bay, the law can't tan in shame baiting up. So this is part of that sugya. So Rabbi Yonatan asked Rabbi Gamliel, let's just finish off that little piece as a proof. It says, Bay, the law can't tan in shame baiting Yahol, the Vatel, the Debray baiting Habro, Alan Ken, could all the men of the Hokumaminia. So after Rabbi Avon, so he explains it differently. He said it differently, name of Shmuel. So before it was Shmuel that said it, and now we're saying, no, Shmuel said it differently. When do you need a Beitin is God of Chokhminyan, that's all manners of Takanot. Habatoch Shmona Asar, but within those 18, Afilu Gadol, even if you've got a Beitin, it's Gadol, the Minyan and the Chokhma, still it cannot override these Yudchet Dabar. El Enumota, why? Mipnesha Amda Lahemba Nafshotayim, because of Moser Nefesh on it. If you remember, they had the guards at the door with spears and swords and things like that, so the instinct they were like Mamash, it was like enforced with such ex- extreme measures, therefore can't Mavatel. However, the Gemara actually immediately says that makes no sense. He said that's the opposite rationale, meaning because it was implemented by force, it was like honest, you would think that's more of a reason that a Beitin can come after him a because it didn't follow the normal practice of the Hatak Anonim and implemented it. It was done by force. Okay? So therefore, you'd think that since it's one time a force, even a Beitin that's smaller than it should be after Mavatala. So then the Gemara then the Gemara asks as follows: Haru, one second. Haru, hey Tibun, we'll bring another question. Haru Shemen, Haru Batoch Shmona Asar, Rabbi Yonatan Makshi. We saw Shemen is part of the eighteen, and when we said that you know, if, if, there was a there was a discussion exactly what it mean it was Batoch Shmona Asar, and it was with Ezra Mataken and what was after the Mataken. I saw a very interesting piece here. Um, where did I see it? Where was it? Um, yeah. Yes, that's what it was. In that in that whole sugya, the way we explain that whole sugya by Shem, we don't explain it like Reb Chaim, but I might as well bring it up now again. We said that initially the, the session was Daniel's Metakinet, and then we said no, it was only after, and therefore it wasn't part of the Udchet Davar. And then we then then we said no, actually it was uh, it was because they used to, if you remember, they used to go up. It was Metakinet much later. It was part of the Udchet Davar for a different reason altogether, and it was because if you remember, they were going went to Haramelech. And it was very dangerous for them going, the people getting killed when they're trying to get source from oil there, so they're not attacking it. So it's like two different things. However, in that sugya, Korban Eida, Pnei Moshe, everyone explains it completely, completely differently. Um, for example, went to Haramelech, 
was lekayemet exera. So the way the way the way um, the way the, the Kormanet explains it is like initially Ezra metak in it, and then there were mosenefesh, if you like, in order to go up and lock that gzera in. So it's like it's Genesis maybe in Ezra, but the metakin is part of yudchet dvarim. So in other words, there are different ways to explain that sugya. I think Pnei explained it all as well, but I'm already getting uh, distracted. Um, so let's let's um, let's go back to it. So in any event, but the question was in that sugi we said, how is it? This is Shmona, This is Shemin, One of the eighteen. And the question within that eighteen, it says, but one second, how could Rebbe Nevatele, Rebbe Beitinol Hetiru Shemin, because they're not Godol Menachokmo Minyan? Mashma what? If they were Godol Bachokmo Minyan, then they could have. Okay, and the, what we just said now is no, those eighteen, no matter what, they're locked in concrete. Right, you cannot change it no matter what. But part of the the the, the suggestion from the sugya we learned yesterday was, if no, if he was, if, if the normal practice, the normal, sorry, the normal um, rules that apply when a baiting can override like something that, that, that preceded it are in play for these eighteen as well. So Rav Kahana Barei, the Rav Chiyas Bar Abba said, Rav Acha said, Mati Babishem, we brought this in the name of Rabbi Yochanan, Shemen Bitlo Mivutal. What Bitlo Mivutal? Um, Reb Chaim says, "Shemen kach gazru sheim yivatlu batelhu," meaning sometimes miudavke bein negadol emeno. So you sometimes see this. We saw this uh, uh, idea in in Mesechtashvi as well. Is sometimes when the metak and takana chachamim say, "We're giving you a clause on which, if there's a necessity, we can mevatel it." We see that we've seen it quite a few times in our learning together. Now there wasn't a gzera for all time. This is a gzera for now, and if a future being wants to undo it, so there was already like a get out of jail card, you know. Free, get out of jail, free card. That's the one. It was built into the, the base, built into the Takana, but unless it's ultimately So don't bring this as a kasha. What I'm saying, the, the, what, sorry, what the Gemara said, that the 18 are, are locked in no matter what they can't be, meant, they can't be undone because within this singular one of the 18, there was a clause to get out of it. Okay. Nachmer de Rebbe Shmuel Sabra Nachmani said Beshem Rebbe Shmuel Banachmani. Chamesh Chatot Meitot Ratzel Beitin Vatel Mevatlin. This is very, this is fascinating. We know there's a concept of chamesh chatat metot. Now, normally, if something's wrong with a korban, you can develop a mum, you can redeem it, you're fine. However, there are five different situations of a chatat where they have to be left to die. There's nothing you can do about it. And this, uh, is, you can see this in the beginning of the One is the vlad chatat, tmurat chatat, so the offspring of a chatat, a tmurat chatat. Tmura is, if I say I've got two korbanot, well, so I've got one korban and I'd like to exchange one for the other. Okay. Uh, you know, the, the cow name. So Betsy's my korban and I want Buttercup to take its place. That what happens is Buttercup becomes, if you like, a korban, uh, tomorrow as well. So however, tomorrow chatat, you'd have to lock that animal up to die. There are a few others, chatat shemato baleo, chatat the master pastor that the person meant to bring died. The sha'av rash nata, the sha'av davenitze balamum. Now, that looks like sort of, that's really two, but the Sha'abda applies to both of them. That's the way you learn that together. I Meaning if, if it was lost and you found it, it, it was older than past that year old in which you can offer it, or you found it and it had a mum on it, all these situations, there's two bad things that happened to it, it has to be left to die. So what's interesting here is the way the Gemara understands that this suge is that's really a dimmed Rabbanan, meaning that if they come on later and say they want to mavata the takana, that you don't have to leave these animals to die, then they could come along and do so. Why? Um, so Amar of Rechiah says, "Barada hada atamar shelo yidchulu mita v'yipluna nava." Avale kareva gal mizbeach ein chatat mita kareva. So, in other words, what's he saying? That's saying that really mid doraita. What it means is you would be able to redeem that animal. So wait till the develops a mum. One of these chatat, we call them chatat metod. 
midin Torah, you'd be able to redeem it and use that money. Yiplulin Dava is usually means it goes to the special, the money goes to the chest in the uh, in the base of Migdash, and they use that money to fund the Korbanot so that the the called um I just had a blank, but um is beach it is that where the uh, so in order in, in order that the the Mizbeach is not left dormant. Okay. That's usually what um that, that's so in other words it's been interesting because it's not according to the, this the flow of the, this opinion here Khatat method is not din Torah, it's actually Dindara Banan, and they're also built into that is that if they wanted to, Ratsu Baitin Lavatlan could mevatlin, they could mevatlin. Okay. Next Mishnah. They show us ancient Dios Dios Mamanim Vikarshinim, Elikade Shomi Bat Yom or Bait Hill Matiri. Okay, so what this regarding whether one can soak their samamanim, this is to make ink, or the karshinim, so I missed one, dior is the ink, samamanim, sorry, is a dyes, the karshinim or vetch is animal food. Now, what would happen in the process, according to Rashi on the Gemara in Bavli, he explains that at, what would happen is as you're soaking it, it would have turned into a mass. Now, even though you're not megabel biadaim, even though you're not actually kneading it together, since it forms into a mass, that would be considered lush. Okay. Now, Bechamai says, despite the fact you started the pro, it sounds like you started, you, you put it, you put it in the kli before Shabbos, you wouldn't be able to do so at, because it's happening during Shabbos. Uh, Bet Hill says it's mutar. Now, what's interesting here is the way the Panei Moshe explains it is, is like the, the Batanura. In other words, the question is, is someone mushtuve al shvitat kelim b'shabbos? Meaning, Bechamai says, so Bechamai just, you can't do malacha, your kelim can't do malacha either. Whereas Bethil says that's not a problem. Now I explained, I, I, I brought up the, the Pnei Moshe, even though Rakhani explains this a bit differently, because that's, I'm, I'm sure how you're familiar when you learned the Mishnayas, so you're familiar with that, that opinion that what's going through the Mishnayas is, is a Damut Savashvitat Kalim. You'll see the way Rakhani explains this is going to be very different. But before we do that, let's try and understand what's behind the debate in terms of the Psukim. So Beit Shammai Omrim, my time, my time may hoon at the Beit Shammai. What's the reason of Beit Shammai? Because it says, Sheshidyamim Tavod, Vasitakom Lachtecha, in the six days you work, and all your malacha should be complete within those six days. So everything has to be complete. The malacha can't continue into Shabbat. However, which is interesting because it's a different Pasuk, um, three prakim later. But the, re- the real reading of the Pasuk is But the way we punctuate it is, you can do sheshet yamin tase malacha ubayom, meaning that malacha can carry on to the Yom Shabbat as well. Okay, which is the, that's the way they dorish the pasuk. Um, however, umama kain bed hilot tamim beshamay. So, what does bed hilot do with other pasuk? This quite seems to be quite clear. The sheshet yamin tase tavod vasitakom malachtecha. Everything has to be completed on the six days. So, in other sheshet yamin tavod vasitakom malachtecha says, but of they be a day. What that means is, when do we say that you can't, oh, the malach, only malach is performed during the six days? That's if you do something biyadayim. Meaning, yes, on Shabbos, I can't throw in any of the dyes into this plea on Shabbos. For sure. However, this is different because this is something that is happening, if you like, on its own. It's not biyadayim. Okay. Umama kain bet shamay time or debate hillel. What does Beit Shammai do with the Pasuk bet hillel that says shem ta'asemalacha ubeyom? Mashma that something can continue over into Shabbos. Um, it says, Obayom says, Kahadadatani, this is different. Meaning, Potkin amatamayim lagina me'erev Shabbos v'hishotevo lecha b'Shabbos. Now, we'll see all these cases where one can do an activity on any Shabbos, and despite the fact some, what appears to be a malach is performed on Shabbos, Beit Shammai agrees. Now, what's the difference between these cases and other cases? We'll get to it in a minute. Let's just look through all these cases first. First is you can open up an amatamayim, so you break the bank somewhat so the water runs into your field, and then it'll irrigate it. 
also not nim kilorit al ha'ain, and some sort of salve that some sort of eye patch they put on their eyes um, for on erev Shabbos, even though it's going to run into Shabbos and still um, do this uh, refuah Similarly, that's yourself. You put a patch on Shabbos. Despite the fact it's going to continue on through Shabbos as well. Similarly, this is uh, the sweet smelling spices underneath the uh, clothing or kalim. Um, and it's going to continue to perfume it or give it a scent through Shabbos. And finally, you can put gofrit, which is sulfur, underneath kalim from ever shabbos, himit kafrim v'olchim b'shabbos. Rebbe Chaim explains this as follows. What they do, they get silver kalim. They would etch out some beautiful engraved pictures, okay? And then they'd, they'd burn this gofrit underneath it, and it would make smoke around it, and send, and would and therefore the engraving would sort of, like, not stick out, but be much more noticeable. Because the surface on the outside would be all darkened, and the engraving itself would retain its brightness. I think that's, uh, that's the idea. Now, what's the difference in all these things? According to many Moshe, we've been saying is seem to be this is not malacha bekelim. Okay, the difference is your malacha bekelim should do shvita. But here, I want to introduce the explanation of Reb Chaim because this is how we're going to have to continue to learn it from here on. He says the difference between these activities and the ones, for example, shorni to samanim bekarshinim and the like, a dior samanim kashanim, is that the malacha begins immediately on Erev Shabbos when you start doing it. For example, when you break those banks and the water starts rushing out, it's already doing the irrigation. Compared to the case of Dior, Sam, and Sikra, when you're soaking it, nothing's happening immediately with the soaking. It's only going to make gabel and come to form on Shabbos itself. So the malacha itself hasn't really started on Erev Shabbos. That's what Erev Chaim explains to Sulia. Okay? All you did is put in the water, putting put in these, the, the Dior, in the water again, the dior is is, is hard, right? It's, a, it's a, I understand that, but it's it's a hachona lavoy. I mean, you're not allowed to do a hachona lavoy on Shabbos for Shabbos. If I do something which is forbidden, no, no, to this do is all talking about Arab Shabbos. We're still, this is all Arab Shabbos, okay? In other words, okay, let's go back again. Bet Hill says if you start the activity on Shabbos and it's, it happens on its own, there's no question everything's mutar. Why does Bet Hill differentiate between? Between the case of you know breaking the banks for this water to come out or putting the gofrit underneath the kalim, compared to the case of Dior Summer Sarkashim, you cannot do that on Arab Shabbos. You cannot start soaking it in there. He says the difference is is because when you when you've put the Dior this ink, the the ingredients for the ink, it's usually a dry product, and you put it in the water, it's not megabel yet. Nothing's actually happening. It's going to take time to start kicking off, and then it's a megabel on Shabbos. So the malacha hasn't started occurring. On Erev Shabbos. Whereas when you break the banks of this water and the water's starting to go in your field and it's going to irrigate the fields, it's already irrigating the field on Erev Shabbos. So there's a difference between Shama whether you've already started the actual malach and the malach has started to be engaged on Erev Shabbos or not. Okay? That's again... Can, I, can, can I tell you guys something? I asked Shiloh once about uh, using the sprinkler system on Shabbos yes. for the grass in, the, mm-hmm. in Brooklyn. And the answer I got is, if you can avoid it, avoid it. If you must use it, set the Shabbos clock on the sprinkler system, but make it to go on very early in the morning so there's no Mara science. So basically, you could you could use it on on Shabbos. So, so if you have Arab Shabbos, for sure. Okay. Yeah. yeah. No. So again, according to Beit Hillel, there's no question. This is all Mortar. We're trying to understand what's happening behind Shita Beit Shammai at the moment. Who says? You wouldn't, it sounds like going to bed, you wouldn't be able to set the clock before Shabbos. 
Right? There, are things, are, there are things which I'm not allowed to do on Erev Shabbos. I'm talking not so loud because of people sleeping. Uh, there are things you're not allowed to do Erev Shabbos, which then will come out on Shabbos cooking, for instance. If something is not we'll cooked get to completely... That. We'll talk about cooking. We'll talk about cooking. We'll talk about cooking soon. Okay, that's the end, that's the end of the day's stuff. Okay? We'll get to talking about that in a second. Now that's even made Hillel. So you'll see that in a second. Nahum. Now it says, However, One is not allowed to put um, wheat in a mill, come out of like a water mill or something like that, unless it's all ground before Shabbos. Why? So Amar Rebbe Chagai, he says, He says, the reason why you can't do that, this is again, we're still working with Shittah Beit Shammah here. Yeah, that's the in the that's what you're thinking about. It's yeah. called Afshemilta, is an expression, or, and which is again, Zilut the Shabbos. Which is interesting. Now you see why here that it's not necessarily again bit shamai is of the opinion the malach is occurring in the beginning on erev shabbos. So according to him, it should be fine. It's only because of abshamilta, okay, because of the noise. Okay. So Amar Le Rav Yossi, Rav said Yehud, he says Yehud Rebbe Sava Karebi Huda. The Rebbe seems to hold like Rebbe Huda. Baram Karabanan commanded Inun Amrim Tamam Mishum Lohut Chal B'Chol Tipa Tipa Ken Anu Amrim Hacha. Now, what is this talking about? Rechaim says here, we're talking about, this is a, a the, if you remember later on in Mesech the Shabbos, we, we all learn about the case of So you've got a lamp, and to give it extra oil, extra fuel, what happens is, what you do is you crack an egg, put it over the top where, where the, you usually pour on the, um, the, the fuel, and then you piece a little hole in it, and you fill that with oil. So you get an extra reserve of oil. And what happens over Shabbos, that'll drip in and, and, and fill up the oil that's being, to replace that which has been already burnt up by the lamp. Okay? So there's a machloket, can you do that or not? Okay? Now, of Chaim, he says, asur. Now, not because Shemi Stapek and you Mechabeb, that's uh, that, that might be what he looked at Mishnas, but it says, Now, we're working with him Shama here. Meaning, is because since when you light the candle, have you, are you starting to marvel on every single tipa? Okay? Now, importantly, later on, he says, if the oil that's in the lamp itself, that's considered if you're doing marvel bakol tipa tipa, and therefore it's, you know, it's not a problem. What do you mean it's not a problem? It's not a problem because it's like already the malach has begun. However, that which is in the reserve in, in the egg that's dripping down, it's not considered for marvel called kolti pati pa, and therefore it's michsi kemarvi b'shabbos. It's as if you're burning on Shabbos, because again, B'shamah says, has matchil b'vohen. However, Rabbi Yehuda's matir, why? Because he says that even that which is in the reserve, ki'ilu hitchil Okay. So therefore, in the case of t'china imken, I'm reading Rabbi Chayna, so therefore, so you see quite clearly that Rav Chagai said that, oh, the only reason why with the with the grinding of the wheat that it is considered asu is because mashmiat kol. Otherwise, if it wasn't because of avshemilta, because of the noise it made, then it is then it would be fine. Mashma that even though the millstone is only in contact right now with a few pieces of, if you like, uh, um, kernels of wheat, it's as if it's matchil all of them. And that seems to align with Shittat Rebbe, who says, despite the fact that not all the oil is, the wick's not in contact with all the oil, and some of it's dripping down, it's ke'il hitchil bahako. Okay? That's the way, um, That's that, again, that, that's how Rebbe Sabak Rebbe Yehuda, and it, however, Chachamim wouldn't say that. 
Because it says this is Lloyd Hilba, the Holti Patipa, and therefore by the grain, since Chachamim say that that which in the reserve is not considered as if you started started burning it yet. So therefore, by the wheat in the in the in, in the mill, is that the right by the place where they grind all the grind all the wheat, it would be asur completely according to Beit Shammai, because it's not as if you've started every single kernel. Okay, the fact that it's all in one big system doesn't mean you machil the chulti or every kernel and kernel. Okay, let's continue. However, Rabbi Yossi Barbun says no. I've got a different reason why you can't use the. It's not because of Avshamilta, why you can't start grinding wheat. We're scared that what is going to happen on Shabbos, you'll forget, you'll be occupied with it, Shabbos or not, and you'll tokea, you'll press in the ted, the peg, of which this, through which this, um, uh, the grinding system uh, operates, and then you'll be, um, and then it would be Chayav and Shabbos for another reason. So the Shem is something else entirely. Okay. So each of them provide a case where, the, where they know the other person agrees. However, it seems to contradict their opinion. Let's have a look. Do you agree? So what would happen is they would initially crush the the olives to get some oil out, and then they'd take all the oils and put onto it a big board. And that board would slowly, slowly, gradually, as with the pressure, and this you could do this going into Shabbos, and eventually what happened, the oil will start coming out of it. So you see here that despite the fact the oil hasn't come out yet on Erev Shabbos, okay, then look, it, it's fine. If you agree, we can put the beta bad. And, and the, the igulim is what there is, these big, big round, heavy uh, thing made of cheres, weights that put on the grapes for, to achieve the same purpose. The Quran beta bad, a big lega, im you can do that merely just before Shabbos. Meaning, yeah, it appears to be that I agree with you in that case, despite the fact, really, we've gotten a response to this because it hasn't really started beginning, like no, no oil's coming out. So Amr Zira says, You know, were I to put my hand between the head between these two lions, right? Meaning it would get involved in such a debate that's above my, uh, above my belt or whatever it is. Have been an Amr in time. I would have said, I would have defended him. I would have said, He says, that case is different. With the oil, despite the fact no oil is running down yet, the, as soon as you put the board on it, the teapot will start already to be, become ne'ekar, will start to be up dislodged from their location. So that case is as if it's already started. So it's not like the case of Dior uh, in, with the ink, because nothing's actually happened yet. It, needs, it takes time to soak and become a gab, to begabel. So in other words, that would have been a good enough, a sufficient defense. Don't bring him to the proof of putting this kora in, in the gut, because that already immediately something's happening, even though you cannot visibly see it yet. There's no evidence of the oil running out. Okay. Now, Beit Shammai will Beit Hill. Beit Shammai said Beit Hill. Devar Echad. Beit Shammai brought a case to Beit Hill that they agree with that seemed to contradict their opinion. Aru Beit Shammai Beit Hill. Ainat Amodim Lishein Solim Basar Batzal Beitze Elikrit Sol Kol Tzachan. Do you agree when it comes to meat and the like, meat, onion, and, and eggs? You can't. You can't. Put on the fire on every Shabbos unless it's already cooked. You know, there's a lot of that cooking to Shabbos. Okay. Despite the fact the minute you put on the stove or the fire, it's already starting to do something. The halach has begun. Okay. Um, yes. So, uh, sorry. Uh, so, um, and they couldn't respond. By the way, it's, sorry. Sorry. I'd have to correct that point. Meaning you cannot put it on even if that ha- Sorry. They agree in the case you can do it if it had begun cooking. We're saying when it hasn't, st- um, that, um, if it hasn't started cooking yet, 
meaning it's it's raw, let's say that, then, um, sorry, that's important for later on, so I have to correct that. In other words, the point where they argue, in the case of Dior and Samadim, this seems to be exactly the same thing, right? This meat is going to be cooking into Shabbos, and you're not allowed to do that, put it on the thing of Shabbos. So Arab Zira says, were I not to, were I to put my head in between the lines, in other words, get involved in this debate, I mean, Amr, I could have defended Beit Hillel. What beitzer? Why is it you're not allowed to put a beitzer basal batsal and basar? I can't say batsal basar and beitzer. All these cooked foods on a fire going into Shabbos, not because the malach is being performed on Shabbos of cooking, rather because darat kan litapech. It's the way of someone to litapech to turn it over. In other words, it's what would say in, in expression shema yechateh bagechalim. you might stoke the fire, turn over the thing, and you end up actively be doing bishul on Shabbos. So hachamayid lechalameim, but in our case, we don't have that uh, have that uh, concern. So uh, what, what what can you say to that? Okay, um, fine. Let me just uh, let me check this now. I just wanted I, I want to finish the sugya because it'll be too hard. It will too hard to if you don't mind just going a bit longer. It'll be too hard to get into this next time. It's, uh, however, so Amar Rabbi Yodan, you need to look at Rabbi Kachla ben Dorsai. It's the way Rukhaim explains it now, he says, it seems to be mashma that you're not allowed to have put anything on the fire unless it's Muvushal Kol Tzachol before Shabbos. But one second, once it reaches Machal ben Dorsai, which is a third of its cooking, if you remember, Dorsai is this, was a, a, a band of the thief and it would cook his food up to a third and that was already considered edible. And there, there's no shema yichateh bechichalim. I'm not concerned you're going to stoke it. But so why does it, why did it seem to suggest that it's only, it's mevashel kol If you're saying the whole rich concern is shema yichateh, you might turn, or yitapech, you'll turn over the food. So, so it's that, no. What's it talking about there? There are certain foods that even once it reaches that level of cooking, people would nonetheless um, still stoke it. And it's those foods we say have to get the kol tzorcho all to the end. So what's it saying? It it would be that once it is reached Machal ben Dersai, it would be Motar. And even Beit Shammah would agree with it. Okay? Everyone would agree. Right? Why? Because if you wouldn't say this, Imken, because if not, Imken, my Maksha Beit Shammah Beit Hill Ain Solim. Because otherwise, how could Beit Shammah bring this as a Kasha to Beit Hill in the case of Ain Solim? Because the Inun Yachul Memra, because Haya Yachol Beit Hill Lashiv. Beit Hillel could have responded to him. How can you bring me a case? Something you have to cook all the way to full completion. You're trying to bring that as a proof for your case, which is a Samanim that as long as it started, you know, started, uh, you know, assigned to Megabel before Shabbos, because you agree, it doesn't have to be fully um, uh, completed before Shabbos. It just has to, as we've explained in Kudur Chaim, just has to begin. So mashma, in other words, when it says kol tzorcho, it can't possibly mean ma- absolutely kol tzorcho, because otherwise, Beit Shammah could have brought that in a kasha Beit Hill, because in the, the two cases aren't similar. Bishul kol tzorcho is not similar to Samanim, as long as it begins, Beit Shammah would say it's okay. Okay? Um, fine. So in other words, it must be the Machab and Dosai, that's the level of Greek, so the cases are two, but the cases are parallel. Okay? Prof. Hashem, that gets us to the Mishnah. Have a good Shabbos, everyone, and we'll pick up... Shabbos. Pick up the Mishnah next day.